0: Happy Sunday, church family and friends. I want to thank you for joining us for our weekend podcast. Today, we're beginning a two-week message series that I'm calling Attitude Adjustment. This is a topic and series that's been put on my heart largely because of the season that we've all been going through and because the holidays are just right around the corner. You know, because of the current pandemic, things like work, social gatherings, family trips, and just about everything else has looked and felt a little different. Many of these things have been put on hold. And if your family is anything like mine, Thanksgiving and Christmas will look and feel a lot different this year as well. It'd be easy for any one of us to allow this season, or all of 2020 for that matter, to lead us to an attitude of complaining, discontentment, or ungratefulness. And maybe, just maybe, that's been your attitude over the past several months. Like anything else, I believe getting through a difficult season like this is all about perspective. It's all about keeping our eyes focused on the Lord. And I truly believe with all of my heart that God wants us to allow his word to give us the right kind of perspective, to give us an attitude adjustment. Today, I'd like to talk about what it looks like to have an attitude of gratitude and how this is the kind of attitude God wants all of us to have, regardless of the circumstance or season. Last week, I was reminded of a couple of great verses from the book of Psalms. In fact, my wife was the one that shared these verses with the kids in our weekly chapel service that we have every Thursday morning. Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 and 2 are the verses that she read. Um, This is King David writing this. This This is his heart put to paper. He says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. You know, if anyone can speak to the truth of what it looks like to have an attitude of gratitude, especially during a difficult season, it's King David. When life was tough, time after time, David chose to focus on the Lord instead of focusing on his struggles. He was honest with God. He didn't pretend like the struggles weren't real or that they didn't affect him in the way that they did, but after sharing his heart with God, he demonstrates what it looks like to trust God. David's life reminds me of a song that we've been singing uh, with the kids in our chapel service every Thursday. Some of the lyrics go like this. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my cells are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. This is such an awesome song about trusting God, But it also reminds us that there are always things that we can be thankful for, even when life is tough. I'm afraid that if we're not careful, we're going to completely miss or pass over the things that we can truly be thankful for and grateful for this season. Giving thanks to God and having an attitude of gratitude. If you're like me, this is so easy to do. It's so easy to pass over the things that we can be thankful for. The first main point that I want to talk about today is this, that an attitude of gratitude is difficult, but necessary. It's difficult, but necessary. I want to remind you that even in the midst of a pandemic, we are so blessed. Maybe you're thinking, Craig, haven't you seen what's been going on? Don't you realize how many people are hurting financially, emotionally, or physically right now? Friends, I see it. In fact, I see it every single day, especially as I talk with you throughout the week and pray for our church family. But I've also been reminded that even in the midst of the storm, in the midst of a very difficult season, God's church is still so blessed. And having an attitude of gratitude is necessary, especially right now. It might be difficult, but it's necessary. You know, just being able to live in the United States, we are so blessed. But I also think we take so many things for granted. I was reminded about some statistics this past week that really helped put things in perspective for me. Did you know that if you own a car, even if it's barely drivable, even if the wheels are falling off, then you're part of 8 to 10% of the world's population that owns a car. Now, obviously, this number goes way up in first world countries. But when you consider the entire global population, only 8 to 10% of the people personally own a vehicle. If you have a house that you live in, you know, a solid roof over your head, then you're part of only 50% of the world's population that has a safe place to sleep at night. So when it's hard to have an attitude of gratitude, remember that you have a roof over your head, especially as temperatures start to get cold and we move into the winter. I think my friends and family back home in Oklahoma, they think we moved to the Arctic. And I thought we were moving to the Arctic too when we made this decision to move here. But we love it. We love the winter. We love the snow. And I'll tell you what, I'm grateful that God has provided a home for my family to live in. Living in the United States, we can freely gather for worship, whether that's here in person, uh, live online, or through our weekly podcast. We can vote and have our voices heard. We have access to good education and health care. Our kids have access to clean drinking water. In fact, Right down the hall from where I'm recording this podcast, we have a water fountain. You walk up to it, push the button, and clean water comes out. It's amazing. Our kids have access to good food and safe neighborhoods. This wasn't the case when I went to Haiti on a mission trip in 2013. It was right after the, the major earthquake they had. And just to get clean drinking water, they had to have water pouches delivered through various organizations. You couldn't just go out and get a drink if you were thirsty. Friends, there are so many things that we can be thankful for. Writing to Christians in Thessalonica. This is a young church. The Apostle Paul says these words in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. He says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, God's will for you is that you would give thanks in all circumstances. This is what the Bible tells us. Paul is reminding us about this amazing truth. Give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, surely all doesn't mean all, right? Surely Paul isn't saying, you know, be thankful in all circumstances, like when you're going through a pandemic or something that's very difficult. But I looked it up in the Greek, and to my surprise, all means all. (laughs) So that's your, your Greek lesson for the day. See, in Christ, we can give thanks in all circumstances. We can have an attitude of gratitude in all circumstances, Now, I do want to point out, the Apostle Paul is not saying give thanks for all circumstances. That's that's not what he's saying here. And God doesn't ask us to give thanks for all circumstances. I mean, that that would just be silly. But we're told that it's possible to give thanks in all circumstances. There's a big difference between the two. I understand that it's difficult to give thanks in all circumstances. Maybe for you, it's difficult to give thanks right now. That's why Paul gives us these words of encouragement to remind us that it's difficult, but it's possible. It's difficult, but it's necessary. Not only is it necessary, but it's God's will. It's his plan for your life. Being thankful, giving thanks, having an attitude of gratitude, this helps us to have the right kind of perspective, helps us keep our eyes focused on the Lord, helps us see our circumstances and struggles through the lens of scripture. You see, regardless of, of what it is you're going through this season or today, you can still give thanks. Here's just a few examples of some things that all Christians can be thankful for today. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can be thankful for these things. You can be thankful for God's goodness, even when the circumstances around you aren't so good. You can be thankful for God's presence in your lives, God's presence. He promises to never leave us. We see that in the Old and the New Testament. You can be thankful for God's wisdom. It helps you navigate this thing called life. Especially right now, friends, we want God's wisdom, not the world's wisdom. You can be thankful for God's peace. It's a kind of peace that passes all human understanding. You can be thankful for the forgiveness that you have in Christ. So I'll say it again. There's always something to be thankful for. There's all, always reason to give thanks, big or small. There's always a reason. That's why Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. One thing that helps me to have an attitude of gratitude is reminding myself that every good thing that I have in this life comes directly or indirectly from God. Let me say that again. I'll say it in a little different way. Everything that we have in this life, every good thing comes directly or indirectly from God. I mean, sure, we work, we save, we pick out the car that we drive, purchase the house we live in. We make decisions, right? But everything we have comes from God. And, And maybe you're thinking, God didn't give me these things. I worked, I saved, I purchased these things for myself. Well, you know what? God's people thought the exact same thing when they were wandering in the wilderness in the Old Testament. They'd not yet gone into the promised land and Moses was still leading God's people they thought the exact same thing. I want to read a couple of verses for you this morning from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter eight, verses 17 and 18. These two verses are so powerful. They really help to give us the right perspective. This is what the writer says. He says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So yes, we work, we save and make decisions to purchase the things that we have, but guess what? It's God who gives each of us the ability to do so. Today, we can be thankful that God's given us the ability to do these things. Personally, I am so grateful that God has given me the ability to work and to provide for my family. I'm reminded that every Good thing that I have comes directly or indirectly from God. These words in Deuteronomy, they ought to give us the right perspective, a biblical perspective on life and on what we have in this life. Knowing this should lead us to greater thankfulness, greater gratitude. It should also lead us to greater service and even greater generosity. The Apostle Paul, he would have known this awesome truth, and I believe this is one of the reasons he was able to encourage the church with these words, give thanks in all circumstances. Paul understood that giving thanks, having an attitude of gratitude, he understood it wasn't always easy, but that it was always necessary, that it was part of God's plan, his will for for our lives. Choosing to have an attitude of gratitude is God's will. It helps us to have the kind of perspective God wants us to have. It helps us focus on Christ. It leads us to greater service and even greater generosity because we know that God's provision is perfect and his promises can always be trusted. You know, at the end of the day, regardless of what you have or don't have, no matter the circumstance or season, we can be reminded that God will provide. He's going to help us get through whatever it is that we're going through, this season included. God will give his people peace, contentment, and reasons to be thankful. When the evening news comes on or the social media pops up and and gives you just the bad news, remember that God gives you the good news. In fact, if you want good news for a change, I recommend turning the TV off for a while. Open up God's word, and you'll instantly be reminded that there's good news and so many reasons to be thankful. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about having an attitude of gratitude. It's God's will that his people would have this kind of attitude in all areas of life. And with that in mind, I want to shift gears for the last half of the message this morning and talk about what it looks like to have an attitude of gratitude when it comes to our giving and generosity. I don't know if you've noticed this in your own life, but for me, it's a lot easier to give. It's so much more joyful to give when I'm grateful for what God's done in my own life and when I'm grateful for the ability that he's given me to work and provide for my family. I've preached on giving and generosity a couple of times over the past two years. And if I'm honest, I'm always completely blown away by the response to these messages from our church. I'm always blown away by the generosity of OCC, you know, whenever there's a need, you guys are so eager to stand up and meet that need. When you give, whether it's giving your time, your talents, or your treasure, you do so with a joyful heart, and that's what giving is all about. This season is known as a season of giving. I'm so happy to serve alongside a church that leads by example throughout the rest of the year. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, the Apostle Paul says, Uh, wrote these words, he said, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So God's word reminds us that giving and generosity is always more about the attitude or the motive behind our giving than the actual amount itself. And that's gonna lead us into our second point for today, which is this, when it comes to giving, the attitude matters more than the amount. The attitude matters more than the amount. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If, if you're ever reluctant to give to the church, or if you feel like you're only giving because you feel pressured to do so, then please don't give. God's word tells us that we should each decide in our own heart how much to give. So giving and generosity is a heart issue. It's an attitude issue. God loves it when his people give. He loves it when his people are generous. In fact, I believe this should be a characteristic or a mark of every believer in every healthy church. But we should only give if we can do so eagerly, cheerfully, and thankfully, not reluctantly or because we feel pressured to do so. If you go back just one chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12, the apostle Paul said, Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. So You should never take out a loan to give to the church or anything else for that matter. Paul says when you give, do so eagerly. That's the kind of giving that's acceptable to God. The New Testament writers, they talk about the importance of giving and generosity a lot. Jesus talked about giving a lot. The apostle Paul talks about giving. And the church is supposed to talk about these things. You could make a strong case that generosity is meant to be a characteristic of every single Christian and is a healthy mark of the church. God calls us to be a generous group of people, to be a generous church. Paul reminds us that our gift, whatever the amount, is acceptable if we give it eagerly, if we give cheerfully and thankfully. You know, personally, I had an attitude adjustment in this area of my life several years ago when I learned that every good gift comes directly or indirectly from God and that I've been called to be a faithful steward of the things that God has given me. So giving and generosity made even more sense when I learned that Every time I give, when I do so cheerfully, I'm actually making a deposit in my own spiritual bank account. What do I mean by that? Well, the Bible calls this storing up treasures in heaven, not storing up treasures on earth. This is giving to make an eternal kingdom impact. Did you know that when you give to support the mission and ministry of the local church, you're being used by God to make an eternal kingdom impact? So as you pray about how God would lead you to give this season, I want to remind you that your generosity really does make a difference. God uses your gift to literally change lives. As you give, be reminded that the attitude matters more than the amount. I mean, absolutely give big, give generously. But when you give, do so eagerly, cheerfully and thankfully, not reluctantly or under pressure. And that leads us to the third and final point today, and that is this. We give to what we love, and we love what we give to. Let me say that again. We give to what we love, and we love what we give to. This is such a great principle to remember when it comes to giving and generosity, especially in the local church. Think about that statement for just a moment. You give to what you love, and you love what you give to. I don't know about you, but this is definitely true in my own life. When I hear a statement like this, I I can't help but be reminded of John 3.16. I think the most well-known, the most famous verse in the New Testament. John writes, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave. See, we give to what we love, and we love What we give to God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I think it's great to know about God's love. You know, that's a good thing. But it's an even greater thing to know that God loves you. I have a question for you today. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Do you just know about God's love or do you know that God loves you? You could say God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. The greatest example that we have of giving and generosity is found in this one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, what we love and what we treasure, there our heart will be. If we turn this around, we learn where our heart is at, is what we'll treasure and love. My my mentor, a guy by the name of Paul Cunningham, he's a pastor in Oklahoma City, he loves to say this. He says, show me your checkbook or your bank account, and I'll show you where your heart is at. There's, there's a lot of truth in a statement like this. I know there is in my life. Young parents, there's a reason why our kids cost so much money. <laughs> you know, between the diapers, sports fees, school supplies, clothing, Christmas gifts, whatever it is, It's a wonder that we ever have anything left, and I know this as good as anyone. I have four kids, but we give to our kids. We do all these things, not because we have to, but because we love our kids. You know, if you ever heard a parent complaining about any one of these things, I think you'd think, well, well, that's just awful. We give to our kids because we love our kids, and because we love them, we give to them. This third truth is such an important principle about giving. Again, especially when it comes to giving to the mission and ministry of the local church. Because we love the Lord, we give. Because we love the ministry of this church, we give. Because we love to see lives transformed for Christ, we give. We love the Lord, we love the church, and we love to see lives changed. Those are great reasons to give. As I wrap things up today, I want to share an important truth with you. You may be tempted to believe that what you give and how you serve doesn't really make that big of a difference, that it doesn't matter that much. You may also be tempted to believe that the church is doing just fine with the amount of volunteers that we have and with where we're at with our giving this season. But neither one of these things are true. Your giving and how you serve makes an eternal kingdom difference. It makes a difference in the lives of people. It matters a lot. We always need more people to to serve, to use their gifts for the glory of God. We all always need people to come together and, and give as the Lord leads. Your giving, your generosity helps us achieve the mission that God's given us, the mission to make more and better disciples. And when you give eagerly, cheerfully, and thankfully, it means a lot. It helps us accomplish the mission. As we serve together, As we give individually in his families, as the Lord leads, collectively we help the church achieve its mission. But it takes all of us working together in this area. Today we can be reminded about some important truths. The first thing is that God's will for all of his people is that we would give thanks in all circumstances. He wants us to have an attitude of gratitude. Do you need an attitude adjustment this season? If so, allow God to go to work in your life Because regardless of the situation or season, there are always things to be thankful for. Secondly, when it comes to having an attitude of gratitude, especially in our giving and generosity, the attitude matters so much more than the amount. As you give, give eagerly, cheerfully, and thankfully. And finally, what we give to is a reflection of what we love and treasure in our own hearts. Ask God to help you have an attitude adjustment in this area, especially if you've recognized a need for a change. I want to wish all of our families a happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to be praying for you this week and over the holidays. I'm going to pray for health, especially in the midst of a pandemic. I'm going to pray that you would have the joy of the Lord and that this would be a season where as a church, as families, and as individuals, we more closely focus on Christ.